Brotherhood and Business Podcast, helping first responders answer the call to entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Pat. It's Cody. Andy. What's going on, FDIC? Day two, actually, here. Um, I guess you guys won't know that because we're going to probably post this in uh, a couple of weeks from uh, today, which is our air date. I apologize that my voice is shot. I can clearly hear that. Um, Cody and Andy are probably the same way. All of our voices are shot. But that's kind of the way that it works. But we're taking advantage of our time here, aren't we? We got a guy. We got a guy. No voice. I thought we were talking about the... I thought we were talking about the featured guest tonight. We got a guy. But we got we have <laughs> two got guys, guy actually. Guy. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce uh, James Warnett. Uh, James, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. We, uh, we, yeah, golf clap for you. Golf claps, golf uh, claps. We appreciate you being here as part of the BA Shields team. And actually, you are part of the BA Shields team. James is our, James, what are you? Marketing guy. <laughs> yeah. I, got I, can't you. Give you, I can't give you one title because you do so much. What would you say you do for our company? Oh, man. <laughs> well, first off, you're a fireman. Yep. Start first with responder. The Very good. Let's Very start good. with that. So kudos to that. And yes. then, um, unlike the rest of you assholes that get paid for this shit, I've uh, been a volunteer for almost 20 years. Third generation, my entire family is all firemen. So That's really cool. I literally grew up in a firehouse. That's cool. And Love you're it. from? New Jersey. New Jersey. Yep. Thought, I, thought I detected an accent. <laughs> slight. A slight accent. Yeah. But Just yeah, New Jersey. So where at? In Bergen County, which is the very northern tip, well, almost the northern tip. I, okay. can th- I can throw rocks at the New York State border from my house. All right, cool. So you, you grew up in the fire service. You said third generation. That's, yep. that's cool. Um, They're also a diver, right? Public safety diver? That is correct. I think that's a significant point to bring up. James is actually a resident yes. expert uh, when it comes to um, all things dive for our company. So we're happy to have you here because you've been part of the company for what a year and a half now, almost two years. Two years, yeah. Two and years. you've done some significant stuff uh, for the ecom side that I would argue that if we didn't have you, <laughs> we'd, we'd still we'd still be using we'd still be using Wix. I don't even know yeah. where we'd yeah. be right yeah. now, and we'd we'd be in a really weird spot. So, James, tell us a little bit about uh, your company and what you do. <clears throat> so let's see. Oh man, uh, let's see. Consummate nerd. Um, all things tech, uh, always been a, uh, always been a good writer. So about four years ago, I decided to take my first responder experience and I put it together with the, uh, the tech side of it and also the, the writing side of it and realized that there's a lot of, there's a lot of first responder businesses like yourselves and other ones out there that they, they have trouble putting the words together, putting the process together, the marketing together between the passion that you have for the products and the, the services that you sell, but how to go about getting that out there where people understand it and they buy into it and they, they accept it and they're like, oh, this is a really great idea as opposed to, oh, that's a gimmick, this is bullshit, whatever. Um, and then also navigating automation and email and social media, advertising and running ads and SEO and building websites and depending on your Shopify or Shopify, depending on your your e-commerce platform, you're on Shopify or big commerce. And there's so much that goes into it that 
I found a lot of businesses don't have time to do. We're dumb firemen, man. I know. Like, <laughs> so you said, just, you said, so we need help. Yeah. You said <laughs> consummate nerd. So it, third generation firefighter, you, you said consummate nerd. Yeah. How did you get started being a nerd? Um, well, I, I had my first, um, I published my first article online at age 11. <clears throat> and uh, if we want to do some math, that was back when the internet was like, baby, oh, brand new, right? Yeah. Listen, like AOL. I, I published that baby off of, yeah. I published that baby on a 56K modem. Wow. Yeah. And you can still. At 11 though, that's impressive. 11, yeah. And what you was that still, article? You can still find it on the Wayback Machine. Um, it was a research article on the Colt 1911. Oh, beautiful. Interesting. So you're also, uh, speaking of, I mean, we're. We're from Nevada. We enjoy our guns very much and our whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're ex-military too, right? I hate all of you. Yes, former former Marine. All right, rad. And uh, what did wow. you do in the Marines? Uh, I was infantry by contract. Um, happened to volunteer for a few interesting things while I was in boot camp. <laughs> Ended up in some interesting places with some super interesting people. Isn't uh, that the way it works? That's how I feel about my firehouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I volunteered for some interesting stuff, and who knows? Yeah, well, essentially, when your life is miserable, and someone's like, "Hey, do you want to go sit in this, you know, process and talk to these guys?" You're like, yeah, "I'll do that, man. Let's do it." <laughs> You're sitting in the dirt over here, sweating your ball sack up. Do you want to yeah. go sit in the dirt over there? Yeah, and sweat your ball sack up. In the, do something in the sh- a little bit different. It's, yeah. it's yeah. some slightly shaded. They though. they have shade yeah. over there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, right. I'm down. Like, Sign me up. I'm down. Yeah, that's it. Twenty bucks is twenty bucks, man. Let's yeah. be real. Yeah, that's exactly it. Everybody's got their everybody's got their price, man. Everybody's that's got their right. price. For so me, you, it was a little bit of shade. So you started uh, you you started your business. You said at basically age eleven, we kind of got a little sidetracked. But at age eleven, <laughs> you published your first article. Yes. What made you take it into what you know today for <clears throat> the marketing and the SEO and the advertising and the copy standpoint? All right. So it. I've always I've always had a, a drive to convey messages to people in a way that they understand it and they capture it and it and it means something to them. And I I guess you could kind of say that I don't know whatever you call you can call it a gift of of just understanding the audience that I'm talking to and kind of phrasing the messaging in a way that makes sense to them. I've always just kind of picked up a way that people, you know, the things they're looking for. So um when you start with that and you've got the, the way that I like to phrase things and just convey that messaging. And then um, you add that into my absolute obsession with psychology, human behavior, decision-making um, stuff like that. So went in the military, but outside of that, I got my degree in psychology and ended up in a position where I kind of was like, Oh wow. You know, so businesses really can make a, they, they can really use somebody who, understands how to approach a situation, how to approach a different audience and see things in a way that makes sense to them, not on a really surface level where it's like, oh, hey, you know, you have a headache, I have aspirin, but on a slightly deeper level where it's like, oh, hey, you have a headache, I can help you get like move on in your day so that you can get the things accomplished you want to get accomplished today and you can feel accomplished. Like it's a it's a deeper level of it and that's where marketing lies. So it kind of grew from there. Um, and I'm also a, I'm a people person. I'm a helper kind of goes in the whole volunteer fireman for whatever. So Mm -hmm. every time that I've had friends who are either in business or were just essentially trying to reach an audience with a different thing, 
said, oh, hey, have you tried this? What about this? What about this? And inevitably, they're usually like, oh, well, can you just do that for us? I was like, well, yeah, I can. No problem. So I'll write an email or I'll, you know, create a website or whatever. And every time I do that, it works. So it's always one of those like, you know, one thing leads to another. Yeah. You know, I, I got in touch with you guys as a referral from a client who was a referral from a client that it was yeah. just, you know, somebody reached out to me and was like, hey, can you help me with this? I'm like, yeah, no problem, man. You, you do this, 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 and this. And they're like, well, great. I think that, and that particular individual who we hope to have on the show also um, literally told me, I think, on the phone. He's like, I got this guy. We got a guy. Uh, give him 30 minutes of your time. He's like, it, it'll cost you nothing because I told him, you know, we've got these issues. We've got... We've got problems with our CRM. We've got problems with, you know, our customization process. We've got problems with automation. And uh, he's like, yeah, this this dude will take care of it. He does all of this for me. Um, and I think we, t- we ended up talking that 30-minute phone call turned into like an hour and a half. I was on shift. I'm like, <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't gotten a call yet. Um, but we need to do this. And how do we it, do that? Yeah, I've, and I think, uh, I think after you talked to me, you're like, well, you're like, you basically said in not so many words, you're like, I'm really good with my words. And by the end of the phone call, I'm like, huh. sold, nailed, <laughs> signed nailed it, yeah. signed it up because guy. that that, uh, that actually works. And and if you, and again, reaching back to that whole like, I just kind of understand the audience I'm talking to and what they're looking for. In that conversation with Pat, um, kind of like told him like, yes, listen, I understand what you're coming from. You 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 have this this and this issue, which we piecemealed things yeah, together because which, we didn't realized from the beginning that we needed to build those programs out yep. from the foundation and we did what probably anybody else would do is we're like okay we need this system to handle this problem and we buy it or we subscribe to it but then on the other side we buy another program that handles another issue but they don't talk to each other yep so i think like for the people that don't know what automation is i think can you explain a little bit about what what you did for us on the automation side of things. So um, on the automation side, automation is one of those things that it can mean so many different things. But when you look at your different systems and, and all digital marketing is all systems and they're different systems, you have Facebook, you have your email marketing platform, whichever it is, it could be Clavio, it could be ConvertKit, it could be any of those different things. Then you have your on it for an e-commerce site, you have your e-commerce site, which could be, you know, WooCommerce, Shopify, BigCommerce, any of those different things. Those are all different systems. Those systems are fully capable of talking to each other. So whereas your if somebody buys something off your WooCommerce, right? Yeah. They buy it. WooCommerce should be able to talk directly to your email platform. And your email platform is then going to send emails to your customer engaging them on the products that they just purchased. Not generic emails, but saying, hey, you just bought this and X, Y, and Z. On the other side, prior to them being a customer, if somebody interacts with your Facebook page or, or your, however you, your advertising, whatever it has set up, your Facebook, your Facebook profile should be able to talk to your e-commerce side and it should be able to talk to your um, email side. So that if somebody comes and interacts with my, they come and interact with my, my Facebook advertising, but they don't take the action that I want them to take, I can then send them a targeted email, again, different systems. So we're crossing that platform to a different system. And then that email says, hey, 
you know, I saw you looked at X, Y, and Z. Have you thought about one, two, three, this, this, and this? Because as, you know, internet people these days, we interact with all of these different things, but we do it in a very holistic way. You're, you know, whatever, you're sitting on the can, you're looking at Facebook, you're looking at your email, you're looking at your phone is a portal to all of these different systems. But for you, it's just one device. So as a business, you want to be able to interact with your customer as if you are doing it with just one portal. But if right. they're touching you on Facebook or they're touching you on your website, or they're touching you on email or to, you Which need, you need those things to talk to each other so that it's as if you are interacting with your customer like, hey, they picked up the phone and called you. Right. Yeah. That personalization within the automation is really key to make sure that the customer feels like you're interacting with them directly. Yep. And you've helped us, I mean, 100% with that. Like, And that's why that hour and a half long phone conversation with Pat turned into us bringing you on full time to to work on that stuff for us to make sure that we're reaching our customer base and we're interacting with them and we're making sure that they get the full extent of our product and the understanding of it and making sure that we can try and close those sales in the end and making it easier for us. Well, I'm thinking too, like that's the proof in the pudding of you truly don't know what you don't know, right? And as a small business getting started into, you know, from you level up, right? And mm-hmm. And why, the, give us the why on how you level up. You recognize a problem and you mitigate that problem. And sometimes you don't even know that the problem exists until you say, you talk to somebody else that says, well, yeah, I did this and I watched, uh, you know, uh, my, my sales doubled overnight because we changed the way that we thought or we just didn't know that we weren't doing something right or or you know very beneficial to us and now all of a sudden like we we went from 100 sales uh, a month to 200 sales a month and that was just one nugget and now Mm -hmm. all of a sudden what's the next thing that we figure out where we take that 200 to 500 to just shoot for the moon (laughs) right but those are the things that you don't know that you don't know until you talk to maybe a different business that has taken that step and they say, yeah, dude, this was the gold mine that we didn't even know was out there. And, and here even, we go. Not right? even just the gold mine. It's the, it's the stumbling blocks. It's the hurdles. Totally. Right. So here, I'll give you a really, I'll give you a very easy example that anybody, you know, you're listening, take a step, go and check out your website. So uh, statistically speaking, or um, physiologically speaking, when you're reading a website on a digital device, your eyes track left to right. So uh, science has shown that basically we can only capture text that's 84 characters wide, anything wider than that, and somebody will get lost from left to right. There's just too many, t- too many characters across. So it's either 84 characters across or about 600 pixels. So if you have a paragraph on your site that's 800 pixels, you're, whatever's in that paragraph, nobody's reading. Because physiologically speaking, as they read, when they start here and they get all the way over here, they're lost. They're not paying attention to what you're, what you're actually writing. That's interesting. I would never think of that. Isn't that absolutely wild? Why would I ever think of, why, why would I ever think of that? And that's why you're here. Because we're firefighters. Yep. Because truly as firefighters, we don't think that way. That's not the way that our brains are programmed to work. And that's your niche, right? Like we have the niche in our particular market. And you just happen to have that particular niche in your market where you're like, oh, 
well, duh, duh. Like 84 <laughs> characters. Like that's exact. Yeah, that that's how it works. But I mean, that's not something that I would have thought of because when we first started our business, the website was built by me. And mm-hmm. I didn't know any of these things. I went with Wix and whatever they told me to do. We, yeah, it's a cool, cool picture, cool image, whatever. You know, um, we can set it up. And I, I thought it looked really good. Uh, right. And then we actually transitioned to uh, Cody's, was it your sister in law who, yeah. had, who had a business who basically kind of worked on the marketing and she had marketing. Uh, she and, had a master's in marketing. Yeah. And you kind of yeah. convinced me, like, hey, look, you know, you, you got to, you got to, we got to do this because she's got a master's in marketing and like, it's going to be good for the business. She knows how to work a website. And, uh, eventually we ended up even transitioning further from that into more in depth. And I mean, who would have thunk, right? Yeah. 84 characters. Right. Like there's some, there's some <laughs> science and some psychology related to that, right? 84 mm-hmm. characters. Not ever- perfect. 85 perfect. lost. Gone. <laughs> Gone. And not everybody's brain works the same way, right? Mm-hmm. Just as we've talked about, you think differently from James does and Cody and Alex and me. Like yeah. we're just five dudes sitting around a table talking about this stuff right now. Think about the, the millions of people that we can potentially touch with our yeah. products that we that we have, right? No two people are that's cliche. No two people are like okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but they're but, but, but when you put the percent of firemen are type A personalities, yeah, yeah. so you can target that. Oh, because yeah. science. <laughs> so when you when you look at it, everybody has their thing, right? It it's that thing that you uh you would stay awake at night all night doing. All right. If if that thing is like TikTok, then you should probably find another thing. But like, <laughs> right? so it's it's that it's that it's that niche that Sorry, just Alex. <laughs> it so matches you and your personality and what you're into that you're just you obsess over this shit for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Right. You everybody can think of the one thing where they're like, man, I would I would I would waste my entire life just reading about this or doing this or fucking around with this or building this or messing with it. Like everybody's got their thing. My thing happens to be um, the way people look at the world and think about the world and interact with it and make decisions and all of those little things. Like I will, I will literally waste hours and hours and hours thinking about the way that somebody will interact with like a button. Is the button yellow? Is the button blue? Well, blue evokes senses of of calm and assurance, right? Red is anger. Red is anger. Yeah. I Cody, love red. It's my red. favorite color. Really knows red. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so how how wide is the button? Does the bu- button take up too much space? Is it in the correct position on the website? You know, we look at websites in a Z formation. You start at the upper upper left, and you move across in that, and you move down in a Z formation. Where's the button in the Z? Like those are the things I will spend hours. Being like, oh man, how does this stuff work? And every time there's a new study that comes out about the way people interact with the world, which in on the science side, you're looking at beha- uh, behavioral economics. I, I could waste my entire life just reading about that kind of stuff. See, and it's crazy. And that, I mean, there's something to be said about businesses, right? That, that hire people like you to do exactly what it is that you love to do. That's yep. what you're passionate about. Nothing, in, nothing yeah. against what you're doing, but I don't give two shits about, you know what I mean? Like yep. it's, it's truly something that, uh, and Cody probably feels the same way about accounting that, that that's my jam and you, that's that just not your jam. And for me, it's that attention to detail, making sure that like the corners are super rounded. Like that's, that's honestly not my jam. You know what I mean? So 
there's something to be said. Everybody's got their own little like little niche when it comes to business. Um, and I think it's it's really interesting to see how you can play off each other's strengths and weaknesses. And if you go into business with somebody and it's a partner, you know how do you how do you make that work? And if you you don't have the abilities within your partnership or within yourself as a you know sole proprietorship, who are you going to get to do those things? And mm-hmm. it's so often overlooked in the tech side. Because these companies come out, right? And they make it so easy for you to do yourself. Or so they say. But that's that in and of itself is fucking marketing. Right? It is. It is right. Like, they're marketing to you because they're going to make it easy for you to start your business, make a website, sell online. Yeah, Wix, for only $29, but, yeah. you can have a fully functioning e-commerce website. But you're just like every is, other slapdick out there that's signing up for the $29 a month <laughs> fucking website. Yeah. And... How do you set sure, yourself aside? Yeah, sure. You it looks don't. good. You're, it looks good right the off same. the bat. Well, not only that, your website looks good, but how do you get it out there in front of people? And we talk about like analytics and we talk about SEO and we talk about, like you said, the buttons. Like, cool. Wix gives you a red button. Do I want a red button? No. Maybe I want a blue button right there. You know what I mean? And that's that's where I think that that comes into play for sure, you know, on what it is that you do and how you can help other businesses, how your business helps other people, right? Yes. And it's not just the, the the technical or, you know, it's so easy to get wrapped up in the technical thing. Like, oh, the 84 characters, the whole thing, you know, blue buttons, red, yellow buttons. Like that's, like, I don't want to, I don't want to give the wrong impression that that's the way that you make the whole thing work. Because really it's not. That's a small piece of it. Any business out there, your number one goal should be to build relationships with your customer. And I don't mean build a relationship, meaning like, oh, hey, they showed up on your website. They bought your product. You sent it to them. Good job, everybody. Game over. Yeah. It's you're you're actually making an effort to be human to your customer in a way that you understand their struggles. And you're like, hey, listen, man, I've been there. Here's what I got for you. Check this out. And then when their shit breaks, you're like, oh, yeah, listen, you know what? We're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to help you out with that. Here's what I got. Try this, try this, try this. And that's where I find that um, a lot of first responder businesses just really, really excel because most of the time we're talking to people just like us and I'm not going to go to sleep at night knowing that your shit's fucked up and you're unhappy about it. And it's something I did. Like I'm, I'm just not, think- I'm just not going to go to sleep at night. I need to help you. Do you think that could be said just about first responder businesses in general, just because of the type of personality that we are, right? Like we, most first responder businesses get started truly to help people, right? There's, there's like a legitimate problem. The customer service is usually top notch um, just because of the way that we're wired, the way that, you know, in our industry, that's just how we conduct business. Um, you know, we're not, we're not making this like little widget that we want to send, sell a hundred million of, and then mm-hmm. it's game over. Like you said, um, I think, I think that's important that we say when we talk about this relationship with our customers, we truly feel like we're solving a problem, right? Yep. Like Cody and 100%, I didn't start yeah. this business because we thought um, we'd make a million dollars and then retire. That's not why we're doing it. You know what I mean? No. And, and I think it's important for people like you and your business to be able to, how would you say it? Like iterate that message to be able to explain to your customers that we aren't here to just make a million dollars. Like we have a mission. There's a mission statement behind it. There's a reason why we're doing it. There's a purpose. 
and it's deeper than just making sure that we sell as much product as we can. Like that's obviously a component of it because we're we're a business, yep. and everybody understands that that's what businesses do. But you gotta also understand that we're doing it to improve training. In our particular case, we're doing it to improve training. We're doing it to make people safer. We're doing it to make them more prepared. Um, and I think in your line of business, like that again, that's you help us translate into oh, okay, well that that actually makes sense. You know, there's there's a there's a valid component to it. Yes. So it's, I usually explain it this way and, and we saw it today. And, and if I, anybody out there, if you have a business, if I plop you in front of your ideal customer and go, Hey, ready and go, you, you will absolutely connect with that person. You will listen to what they have to say. You, you will present your product, but you will genuinely want to help them and you will connect with them in a way they're like, yeah, all right, cool, man. I'm so down. Let's do this. You do that naturally. The problem is, is a lot of businesses have a really difficult time doing that on a bigger scale. Yeah. And they have a really difficult time understanding that, oh, hey, the guy that you just sold that stuff to because he showed up on your site and bought your stuff, like you still, you, you should connect with that person aside from just making it a transaction. It's not just a transaction. They're a person that you want to connect with because if you start building that, that, you know, start building that, you know, cult almost, where people, um, especially, okay, think about BA Shields, right? The first guy to get a shield in a firehouse. Inevitably, the other guys would be like, hey, man, what, what do you got there? What is that? If they just turn around and go, yeah, I don't know. It's this thing I saw online. It looked kind of cool. I bought it at a cool design. Chances are nobody else is going to buy that shit. No, it's just not going to matter. But if they're like, no, yeah, the, these guys created this thing. They're, they're firemen out of Nevada. They, they created this because they saw a problem with with you know, mass bags. And now they've got, they created this thing and, but it's really good for training. And now they, they help us really pursue good training. And like, they know the backstory. If the person knows the backstory, the other guy sitting in the engine's like, man, that's pretty fucking cool, man. Well, like, can, what's their website? Can I go check that out? There's a connection to the business. Those guys are humans too. Like yeah. we're sitting in the same seat. It might not be the same color fire engine. It might not be a whatever fill in the blank. Right. But like, those are cool dudes. Right. And it's not that we're here to be cool or whatnot, but like we got the same job and you saw a void and you fill the void. Right. Mm-hmm. The contrary, it's not that you're out of it. Just become human again. See that niche. And it's not the campus. It's, hey, man, I'm just here. This I see a need. This is how we make it better. Here it is. And you're being a human being. You've taken the ego entirely out of it. That's how you do good business. But as like, you just said, like, it's amazing. To me, just I just backstory. Alex sounds like he's been throating today <laughs> because he got fucking raped at FDIC oh, for his first yeah, time, yeah, and uh, his first day FDIC, we got we threw him to the wolves. <laughs> fucking bamboozled. There's like a hundred people right out the yeah. gate, and he's been talking all Love day. It. We need yeah. to exercise his vocal cords. We will. But he'll be. He'll be better. Be he'll be better. He's got a couple more days. Yeah, he'll yeah. be better tomorrow. <laughs> but. To me, like to finish off that human aspect, right? Like I'm one of those four eye guys. I wear glasses. Alex wears glasses. Pat, I know you got contacts, but night you wear glasses, right? Oh, now I'm so, LASIK, so I'm so, not even uh, in yeah, the same yeah, yeah, I mean, whatever. But anyways, so <laughs> so like as I'm talking to guys about a product that protects a, protects something that they they look through in a in an environment that is not susceptible to looking through, and I say, hey man, like. I'm a four eye guy, just like you, because you're wearing glasses too. And I know my vision sucks because guess what? When my mask goes on, 
my glasses are gone. Yeah, I know I could have the insert in them, but you know what? My vision doesn't suck that bad yet, yeah. but it's still not, it's not 2020 anymore. But anyways, like that, that's on a different level of connection where you say, hey man, so we have a product that can mitigate some of the issues that that you could have on a fire ground. And like, I get it because I, you're wearing glasses just like me and that's a deficiency that we have. But when I take these off and I put that mask on, I can still see through that mask because I protected it, right? And that's just like one more connection that you have to guys. Like, we ain't all perfect, but mm-hmm. you know what? Give yourself a leg up and that's just what we do yeah. with, with our product, right? Yeah, it's being personal and yeah. you're, you're yeah. relating. It's human. And you're absolutely that. And that's like literally what you do, right? Is you bridge so, that connection in between words, a product. But, gonna, but let's Let's take it a step deeper because this is where we... I love it. I, I love it when we take it a step deeper get because my, you get you get like my brain exploding in this like so the psychology behind all of it. Get, get my thangs going. Um, so in marketing, um, you know when you when you kind of you know cut your teeth and you're like, oh yeah, one of the things you feel like you understand is this thing called feature versus features versus benefits, right? Okay, the feature of this microphone that's sitting in front of me is that it records my voice in a you know high fidelity way, and that's you know. So that people can hear me. The benefit is, is that any, any production that you put together with this microphone, people can actually hear. So they hear what you're actually putting out. Okay. Well, that's, that's like a surface level thing. When you step one level deeper or more. Okay. The benefit of this microphone sitting in front of me is that you sound professional and the people that listen to you hear a professional message. So let's in talking about BA shields and especially like what Andy was just saying. So a, and this is this is where the value of a talented copywriter comes into play. Is so, yes, the shield itself will protect the mask surface so that you can see clearly. Okay, but if we start getting a little bit deeper, and I and I'll I'll pull the audience with you guys is what's one of the biggest things that we're afraid of as firemen? <laughs> Putting yourself out there, I failing. Would say that's one. Yeah, yeah. failing. Yeah. Failing. Yeah. Failing. Yeah. That's like the number one answer, right? Is so. Failure. So at the end of the day, when you boil it all away, we are all afraid of not being ready when the time comes. We're afraid of being, quote unquote, bad firemen. Yeah. Right. So when you look at the shield and if you're talking to somebody who's really talking about that, like, listen, man, if your shields get or if your mask is swinging in the breeze and it's banging off of stuff and everything like that, like and there's there's a it's going to get dinged up it's going to get it's going to get scratched it's going to get dented it's going to get chipped there's a possibility you could even crack it and if you crack it guess what you're not doing you're not going inside yeah you're not an interior fireman without your mask you're not ready yeah and that's one of the weakest points it's a, the the weakest point of failure on almost all of our equipment yep. right like our our turnouts are going to hold up before our mask fails. Mm-hmm. So when we're when we're talking to somebody, anybody, whatever, when you tell them, oh, yeah, it, it protects your mask from dings and dents and scratches, chances are, I mean, they're going to hear that. They're going to go, oh, yeah, that's really cool and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's until you connect that messaging to the human side of it and you really get into their, their you know, that, that sub-level there. Like, listen, man, like when the time comes... When you, you roll up at two o'clock in the morning, there's people hanging out the windows yeah. and it's time to go do the thing. That's, that's what we're all here for. That's you. You'll spend your entire career 
training and slogging and grinding away so that when that time comes, you're the guy. This, if you fuck up your mask over and over and over again, just ignoring it, pretending like it's indestructible, you may not be the guy. You may be the guy standing on the front lawn when there's people who need you and you're not ready. 100%, yeah. That, that right there, that is far more of a driving force for something like this than any amount of benefits you could tell them. Because it's really, it's, it's what taps into the core part of what, who we are as firemen. So I know that we're talking about our product, but if we kind of, kind of focus on like what it is that you do, you would say that your, your word smithing is then, I guess we'd call the word smithing is, <laughs> uh, is directly applicable. Yeah. So your, your business is called first responder marketing, right? We Correct. were joking around with firm. We call that firm first responder marketing. FRM. Yep. Um, what is it that, that you target then? I mean, what would you say that your, I mean, do you target first responder audiences? Cause you're, you're a business too. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not only part of our team and we've discussed, you know, the, the value that, that you honestly have to our team uh, and what it is that you do for us. But like, what is it that, that basically you drives you as a, as a business yourself? Like, because if we're thinking about it, you know, our listeners out there are thinking they're maybe going to get started and they're like, you know, we probably got some people who are, yeah, I'm a firefighter and a nerd. Oh, I could do that too. Like, I'd, I'd love to build websites for other companies. What is it that you do um, that would, that would like set you apart? Um, what is it that you target as far as like, you know, a customer basis, I guess? Is it first responders in general? Or are you, are you just doing resp- like marketing for any old company that comes to you knocking on your door? Uh, it's, uh, so if I sell lawnmowers, can I come to you? Well, it depends who you're trying to help. <laughs> Firefighters. <laughs> no. So, uh, so here's yeah. where, here's where I draw the line on. Uh, okay. So yes, obviously first responder marketing. I, uh, I enjoy helping, um, I enjoy helping businesses that are owned by first responders. And let's just take a step back really quick. This is what you do, right? Mm-hmm. This is this is your career. We've discussed we are career firefighters who have a business. You are a business owner who is a firefighter. Correct. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, this so is my this is like your the bread and butter. This, this is, is what you do. This whole, is your yep. dollars dollars to pay the bills. This is what you do. Correct. So who is it that you're looking for as as like a client? So again, the and and the easy thing about usually first responder owned businesses is for the most part, you guys are you're extremely genuine. Like uh, very few, I vet very few first responder businesses who are the, um, they're the kind of people that just dream of being a serial entrepreneur and creating a business that meets a market. They're going to build it up. They're going to have a fast exit. They're going to use that to launch another business and build it up and have a fast exit. Th- that Those kind of businesses, they don't necessarily care about the end user. Yeah. Right. If your shit breaks, they're like, well, whatever you paid me already. I'm good with that. Yeah, we talked yeah, about buy that. Buy another yeah. one. Right? Yeah, not that's so for the for the most part. A lot of the you know a lot of the first responder owned businesses they're genuine, right? It's uh, I'm looking for or I'm looking to help people with this. Sure, right. So with you guys, you're really predominantly now is is you're looking to make sure that firefighters are prepared. Yeah, either in training or protecting their mask. You want to make sure that when the shit goes down, they're ready. And that's genuinely what you, you know, eat, sleep, and breathe as far as business goes. Right. Not only do we want to make sure they're ready, but we want to build a product because we know firemen beat the shit out of everything. Yep. 
you tell them they can't break it, they will break it. They will break it. Yep. So we, we, when I designed the BA Shield originally, we wanted to not only create a quality product, but a quality product that would hold up to the abuse of a typical fireman. There's always going to be Mongo in the corner that's going to fucking <laughs> throw it into the wood chipper. But we won't warranty that. But not only do we build a quality product, we stand behind it. And if you have a legitimate reason on how you killed our product somehow, we will warranty it. And that is what we stand behind. And that's not your typical entrepreneur with a fast exit, right? Correct. We want to make sure we have a quality product and we stand behind it. So I find that, and again, in in my experience, predominantly, you find a lot of that in the first responder own business because really I don't think uh, and a lot of the business owners that I've met and worked with they couldn't sleep at night if they were fucking over another fireman right they just couldn't Mm -hmm. they could not live with themselves because we're all in the same we're in the same boat that could be me yeah yeah, that it could be literally, any of us sitting yeah, there at the table. Yeah. I don't want to feel that way, so why would I want to make somebody? Well, else we call feel it. That way? We literally call it a brotherhood for yep. that reason, right? And if we're making a product specifically for firefighters and we make something that is garbage, where's the brotherhood in that? Yep. If we're so, trying to take advantage of those same people that we say are our brothers or sisters, I, I mean, it's hypocritical, right? So at the same time. Those are the same kind of people that I can pour my own passion in. At the same time that you would not want to fuck over another fireman, I would never want to fuck over any of my clients, um, which makes, you know, my whole work-life balance thing a little bit difficult. But, like, you know, you know, when Pat calls me up at, like, 1130 at night and was like, dude, shit's fucking broken. I'm like, all right, man, what's going on? Like, what? we got to fix this, you know? Like, yeah. because I, I genuinely don't want you to not reach your goals like i would never want and I know to you've, you've told me that before that. yeah yeah and that's that is immensely valuable and as a client of yours um yeah the the customer service that you've we've talked about how customer service is so important and the customer service that you've been able to provide us just in like back in support on you know the website or the crm or you know our email strings if there is an issue i know that i can call there have been a couple times where i've felt bad i'm like hey james i need you to fix this and you're like uh i'm like literally camping with my family right now but i'll get to it when i get to it and i'm like oh i feel bad like i didn't i didn't mean to like interrupt your vacation like but you're like i got wireless and whatever i'll i'll get i'll I'll figure it out, yeah. um, which has been, I mean, it's been unbelievable. And then in 30 minutes, he responds goes. back. It's fixed. You're yeah, like, exactly. Versus bitch. like a company that we may pay for that has like customer service in India. And yeah, I mean, it may be we talking don't pay to for somebody that, that, let's that, be honest. Yeah, well, we no. don't. Yeah, exactly. But I'm just saying there are companies out there who could offer you the same service who, oh, yeah. you know, no. you're talking to somebody on a, in a different part of the country who has they give zero shits about your company or whether it succeeds yeah. or not. And they're not vested in it. And I mean, you you're you're a marketing guy and you're running a business and your business is to um to build our, our website our crm our our email systems stuff like that but you're so invested as part of the team you're you're literally here in indy with us selling our product i mean it's it, rad it, like, i mean you want to look at last year you you called me two days before fdic and you're like hey we literally no, like, no, we no, had no, a no, spot no, open no, uh, we had a we'll guy fly you out. that got uh, covid he can't come out you're like uh, listen how do you feel down, about coming out yeah, I'll pay for you. I'll pay for your flight. Your hotel's covered. Like, come on out. Like, you can sell products. And you're like, I'm in. Okay, bro. Let Tell me, me when. Tell yeah. me when. Uh, and it was awesome. I mean, I don't think there are very many companies out there who would provide customer support like that, where you're like, hey, I'm, I see the value in your product so well that, you know, I'm, I'm 110% in, which is why we don't, 
we don't, I don't consider ourselves like a customer of yours. I consider you part of the team. We're just paying for a service on the side, you know, whether it was like paying for a service via contract or an hourly rate, like you're, you're just, I literally see you as part of the BA shields team. And I think that's, I appreciate that. And I think that's, I think that's immensely important. You know what I mean? Like as we grow, you're growing with us. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I think that's rad. You're, you're vested in our team. You're vested in our product. You're vested in our mission. Um, you know what we stand for as a company. And, um, if we were to hire like a third party consulting agency, like, like I said, they're not firefighters. They don't know what we do. They don't know what our mission is. We could literally spell it out on paper, but at the end of the day, are they going to send somebody to sell product with us at a a trade show? Absolutely not. You know what I mean? Am I going to be able to reach them at seven o'clock at night on a Sunday? Probably not. Like, you know, it's nine to five business hours and uh, you've been able to provide us a service that's above and beyond. And it's been, it's been phenomenal. So cheers to you for that. Well, when I first started into this kind of stuff, um, I, I kind of, I, I pretty quickly realized that I, and it's just probably my nature is that I get, I get invested in the clients that I have, right? I get, I get very much invested in their success as people. Not just as a business. Like, I don't care about that. Like, I give very much, like, it's it's like when you have a good friend. You just, you want to see your friend succeed. Like, you just, like, man, I just want to see you conquer the world. Like, I just, that's just awesome. Like, I get invested in any of the clients that I have. So, um, I initially thought that was like, oh, man, that's kind of a problem. I should probably fix that. But then I realized, like, well, fuck it. Might as well. Like, that. that's that's who I am. So, um, because of that, I, I typically will only carry two or three clients at a time. And... For the most part, my clients have been clients of mine for multiple years, yeah. like you guys, because it's just you you have a mission. You're you are looking to accelerate your brand. You're looking to reach more people and make that change. I'm invested in your success, right? So if me coming here, like the first year that Pat was like, hey, we got to this opening. Yeah. I mean, part of it was like, fuck yeah, let's go party in Indy. Like that was, that was part of it. But the other half of it was like you in the booth and you got ear raped for fucking (laughs) for a day. Yeah. I imagine that. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even know you guys and I was selling your product. Like, uh, no, it was was the first time we met, but you were able to jump right in and you were, you knew so much about our product and the back history and everything that we are about from just writing our copy that it was kind of seamless, a seamless transition. And you were talking about how much you want to see people in your clients succeed. What do you have any like of those like huge success moments? And as you've grown through your business, like what would, what was like, did a client present you with any particular things that you thought were maybe going to be super hard, but you were able to succeed at and like get that just huge success moment? Um, and all of my successes have really just been my client successes. Um, there's been a few that, uh, let's see. So connecting with people again with the the written word is really like, that's my, that's my forte. That's what I'm really fucking good yeah. at. And I will spend a lot of time just thinking about different ways that I can reach people and just, you know, constantly writing out things in the way they reach people until I come up with a, yeah. a until I come up with a, a, a you know, a, a set of copy that will work. Um, and there's, let's see. I, I mean, I had, a, I had a client that did not use email for anything for nothing, like just, which a lot of businesses do. They just don't, 
Um, they think email is like spam. Like you, everybody gets an email and it's like, oh, you know, sale, sale, sale. Like everybody ignores that shit. They think that's email marketing. It's not. That's spam. Yeah. Like, and even even very large reputable brands when they're sending out twenty emails a day, that's like sale, 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 and here's all the shit. Like that's spam. Delete. Totally. I'm over yeah. it. Yeah. So okay. The, yeah, I, on, I the, on the legal aspect, it's not spam, but for all of us and like you know normal people land, like you're not reading it. So yeah, you're not spam. even opening it. It's, you're not even opening it. Archiving it or deleting it, yeah. Well, when you actually use email, which is, it has the highest ROI of any possible advertising avenue. What's you can ROI? Use, the return on investment, which for Thank email you. right now is like. Perfect. Like $34 back for every dollar invested. That's insane. Which if you look, I think That's the last. a powerful uh, tool. Yes. And it's a powerful because first off, you own the channel. Facebook yeah. Facebook can can cancel your your advertising account. Yeah. Without warning. We've seen a lot of that actually recently. And your your market that you built, your uh, audiences that you built, like all of a sudden you can't reach your people. They're gone. Mm-hmm. And the same thing exists for Google, the same thing exists for TikTok. It's like every place that you go where you are you're buying space from them to reach your people, oh, they, they control you. they control the channel. You just live there. And, and if they don't day, like what you're selling, they just absolutely correct. Let's go. Yeah, hang on. Well, See ya, bye, Felicia. <laughs> and and we're a little we're a little sidebar, but it's worthwhile to mention that like if people are not using email, if you're not using email as a business, you are you're leaving money on the table. Email itself is is part of the fabric of the internet. Okay, when the way back in the day when the internet first started coming out, you know TCIP connections and stuff like that, like, actually transmitting messages via email is part of that fabric, right? So nobody controls it. You can't control it. Nobody can stop it. I mean, Russia and China can't stop it. They can't lock right. that shit out. Like, yeah. you can't <laughs> stop it. It's it's part of that fabric. And also, the really cool thing about email is it's, it's extremely personal, right? So when you pull out your phone and you look at your email, you look at your inbox and somebody sends you an email, it's a one-to-one connection. Yeah. So when us as BA Shields, when you send an email to somebody... And it's written as Pat and and like they read that and they're like, oh shit, who's the fucking guy Pat? He's talking to me. It's very personal. So some of my bigger wins that were really cool, and again, like a lot of a lot of brands will tell you, oh yeah, I I made this much money for these people. I took a client that never used email and I set up um, you know, I interviewed them, I understood their their brand, their values, their goals, their story. And then I wrote some emails that really connected with their customers and then sent them out. And and the client emailed me and he's like, these people are responding to this. Like, I'm getting replies. Yeah. yeah. He's like, what What are you doing? Like, I'm getting replies. Like, well, people are responding to me. I was like, yeah. I'm making all the responses. It's yeah. not them. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude, you're making connections. And... Uh, so let me just interject with this. I think I had that concern. I, I truly had that concern when we first started. I mm-hmm. think we talked about it where I said, you said, look, email is the way to go. And I said, dude, you don't have it. I mean, I'm, you mean spam? I'm, no. First of all, let's take a step back, further back. And we've clearly established that James is a psychopath because he's the only person that I know that will purposely sign up for <laughs> mailing lists from every single website because he wants to learn more about how their process works and to see if, you know, their website actually does send them a, oh yeah, you left this in your cart and you've got forgotten cart items. Right. And, oh, here's your newsletter. Like I've, I, I, That's- I can't get far enough away from that stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. And he's the only person who signs up for it. So, Moving forward now, um, 
we did have that conversation and I said, I hate the amount of spam emails that I get in my, my inbox. And I'm like, I, I despise it. I loathe it. Like I'm, all I'm doing is I literally pull up my phone in the morning and I'm like, hmm, 20 new emails. Cool. Delete, 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 delete. delete. Uh, maybe I'll read through this cause it's got something to do with guns or ammo. And I'm like, okay, well maybe I'll, maybe I'll glance at that and then delete, 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 delete as you know, it's all mortgage spam and tax stuff and you know websites that i perused or you know i checked out a cart on i I don't know wherever it was and then now they're now i'm part of their email list right um i did not want our company to be part of that and one of the companies that is a client of yours um we purchased some stuff from and i remember reading the emails and i'm like this is stupid long but how did i make it to the bottom of this like this is because I got, I yeah, got like hooked on right. this story and I'm like, <laughs> I got to keep reading because this is, this is silly, but this, this is awesome. amazing. Like I'm, yeah. And I got to the bottom and I'm like, wow, I just read that whole thing. Like this is, this is longer than, and I think we had that conversation. I'm like, I don't know how comfortable I am with like this, this actual email being, you know, like a, like a paragraph, like a longer than a paragraph. Like I'm used to, I'm, oh, I'm literally used to like uh, longer, or longer. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm like literally used to like reading the first three sentences and if they don't, illustrate their message i'm gone like delete lame but for some reason like what's the copy the copy it's the the words how did how did it's and james it talks a lot about copy story copy is words what is yeah explain the copy like what is copy so So you hear about copywriters all the time i agree so they're not yeah traditionally traditionally speaking copywriters are um it's it's there are, there are words or messaging designed to elicit a response. Now, if I'm a content writer and I want to write, uh, you know, I want to write an article about how to groom your dog. Okay, that's content. The idea is that you learn how to groom your dog and you're like, oh, hey, that's great. Cool. I didn't know half this shit or I'm doing this wrong or whatever. It's, it's content. All right. Yeah. Copy is messaging that is designed to guide you along on a process until you actually take a... Uh, a, you, you take a desired response. So to go back to that grooming the dog thing, instead of just writing you a piece of content that's how to groom your dog, a copywriter will take that and they will show you or they will they will tell you about grooming your dog, but will set it up in a way where you're like, okay, I, I kind of understand I this. I need but to I'm, groom my dog. My dog, yeah, my yeah. dog needs yeah. to be groomed, but I'm missing a few steps and oh man, it looks like it takes a lot of time and and towards the end of that piece, all of a sudden they slip in a call to action there about like, hey, listen, you know, are you, you know, it, are you running short on time? Do you want to just get this done really quick and easy? Like, hey, just call us here, set up an appointment. We'll make it real easy. So uh, a copywriter will set up the content. They will set up the, they will set up the kind of the problem there, which is like, hey, listen, you got to groom your dog. It does take a lot of time. It's pretty meticulous. You probably might not have that time because you probably have other stuff you got to do with your life. And, oh, hey, by the way, we'll take care of all that for you. So hit this button. Gotcha. Yeah. So so anybody can write the content, right? Like for the most part, the content is the content, like how to change a light bulb. Yep. You know what I mean? But a copywriter is basically explaining with a call to action, like you should change your light bulbs and you should change your light bulbs every six months. Cause if you don't change them every six months, probably on month seven, they're going to go out. And if you don't change them every six months, you're going to go over on electricity, you know, whatever it is, you're, you're building a case for why you should do something, whatever so, that is, wash your how car. We can make or, that easier for you. 
Which so is truly the gift in the, the wordsmithing. But that's that's what you would consider more of a traditional or direct response copywriting. And that's very, um, it, there's a lot of tactics or techniques into it that help you. And, and I, I see it as manipulation. I don't, I don't necessarily like it. Actually, I don't like it at all because a lot of it is manipulation. A lot of it plays on your emotions or it, or it uses your emotions against you to get you to take a desired action. It's totally, it's, I mean, direct response copywriting has been around for a very long time. It's most certainly a thing. And it's a lot of, it's a thing that a lot of companies employ because it sells product. But at the end of the day, your customer all of a sudden wakes up out of their stupor and they're like, why the fuck did I buy this? And that shit ends up on a shelf somewhere. They're like, I didn't need this thing or, or this is not doing what I thought it was going to do or whatever. It's because the person who was very skillfully manipulating you into doing what they wanted you to do, you did it. Um, I, I openly disagree with that. Um, both with my background in psychology and also with copywriting, I don't I don't subscribe to that. So instead, I I focus more on the idea of of uh, and there's a there's a marketer, very famous marketer out there, Seth Godin, who promotes the idea of connecting with your viable market. So in your case, it's firefighters, but not just firefighters. It's firefighters who understand the idea that A, their shield is, or their mask is vulnerable, and B, we should be helping the people that, you know, trust us to take care of them. And we should be going out of our way, and it's our job to be ready. So the firefighters out there that that all they want to do is sit in that recliner and play video games, they're not in your market. Could we manipulate them into buying your product? Hell yeah, we could. Would they be happy about it? No. Would that make them happy customers? Probably not. But the guys out there who are looking for that, like, because they feel that burning desire to be ready, they're your market. So I will intentionally write my copy, and a lot of it is very story-based because humans connect with stories since the dawn of humanity. It's personal. I mean, you, it, you know, if you want to tell your kid not to, you know, touch the stove... Telling them not to touch the stove, they're going to fucking touch the stove, right? <laughs> right. But well, if you can set know, it up, if you can set it up right. as a story, that's why we tell fairy tales: is to pass on morals, is to pass on those kind sure. of things. Is to yeah. human, humans connect with stories? So, if I am writing stories that are captivating, like Pat said, in a way that really you you, you want to read this damn thing because the shit's interesting mm-hmm. as hell, but it's also telling you the things that will really identify that you're in that audience. And you're going to keep reading. And you get to the end, you're like, I'm this guy. Like, what do I, where do I sign up for this shit? When you step into that degree of copy and the particular, you know, the particular emails you're talking about, I still write emails for that client. Yeah. Um, and I think we're sitting at like a 75% open rate for emails. What's a normal open rate? Uh, about 18%, <laughs> if, if not lower. That's significant. Yeah. I oh, mean, it's huge. So, pe- you, so people have grown accustomed to, to reading this story. Not, not, and then when they get an email from that particular client, they're like, this has got to be another story. I'm interested. And, and a lot of it's it is, be. A lot like a of it is stuff that they, they intuitively want to know. And it, and, it, and it feeds into like, I am this kind of person. So it's not just stories about products. A lot of it is, is you, know, we'll, I'll, you know, I'll tell stories about like, for that particular customer, it's, um, you know, improving yourself. It's about, you know, reaching for that next goal. It's about, hey, listen, when, you know, when the naysayers come around, this is why they're doing it, but we're, we're going to rise above that. Like that, that kind of, that kind of thing. Sure. 
But it gets to the point where when you build that relationship with your email list, that email comes up and we all get notifications. You look, you're like, oh, dude, this these guys. Like, I'm going to read, I'm going to make it a point to read this. Yeah. Not I stumbled across it. It's like, yo, <laughs> right. I'm going to read yeah. this shit. Right, right. Like, I want to read. I want to be part of this community. That's where you really start getting into that idea of like helping your people. Again, we're not we're not manipulating them into into taking action. They're already they're they're already in the box. Yeah. They want what whatever it is you're giving them. They're they're your people, man. They're your raving fans. You're just giving them what they want. That's it. That's that's so yeah. you can you can go to a copywriter, you can hit a direct response copywriter and there's a potential that they'll just employ the, you know, the standard techniques and tactics of essentially emotionally manipulating your audience into buying your product, but the goal is to buy the product. And at the end of the day, that just means that someone's going to end up with a product. That doesn't mean they're going to be happy about it. Right. The way I approach your marketing specifically is we're not looking to sell the product. We're looking to make, and as Seth Godin says, we're looking to make happy customers. And that's it. And I think that follows our philosophy. That's what we want. In business is I don't, I don't want them. I don't want to make it. It's a, it's a great side benefit if we made a million dollars, but we didn't set out to start this company to make a million dollars. We set out to solve a problem. And that, I mean, that's exactly it. Are we going to try to do it as efficiently as possible? Yes. Are we going to try to do it so we can make some sort of a profit for our time that's invested in it? Yes. Do we, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I mean, are we setting out for the largest margins possible so we can screw over our customers? No. Like yep. that is absolutely not what we vision. That's not what we value. You know, we're instructors. We, we value the education that can come from our product. We value the fact that you can do it. You know, you can train anytime, anywhere. We value the fact that you don't have to buy 30 of these things. Mm-hmm. You can buy one and be done with it. You know, um, those are all, those are all values that we all subscribe to Andy, Cody, myself. Um, we're, you know, we're very much so in support and, and that's awesome because that's exactly what you're doing. And so you're, because we spent so much time focusing on that idea of not selling the product, but making those happy customers. And that's one of the cool things about going to FDIC. Like people go out of their way to come to the booth and they're like, hey man, I use your stuff and whatever. And like, honestly, the coolest thing is if we're talking to somebody who's that never- such a rad, who's, rad feeling. Who, who, we're talking to somebody who's never heard of BA Shields and like from across the room, some dude's like, they're the coolest shit ever you should buy. Like- those are happy customers. Yeah, we, it, we it truly it. happens. Yeah. It happened today. Like several two or times, three times, several times, times. more than once. Where it's, <laughs> yeah. we can we can read their name tag. So for you guys who haven't been to a trade show, you know it's it's the person's name is typically on a tag, and then their department or where they're from in the city. So we'll see somebody from Kentucky and somebody from Florida, and those states aren't even contiguous. And the the person in Florida is like, oh yeah, I've totally used them a bunch, and. You know, you know that they're not at the show together. They just happen to be at the booth together, and the the reviews are just—it's unbelievable. Uh, now I don't yeah. even have to do anything. You two talk about it, like the product sells <laughs> itself, or the guy that's already used uh, it sells it, right? Yeah. And then every so often, you have the the grip of guys that come up that are are trying to get you to wiggle on something that you're like, "Nah, I, here's the deal, man. Like, I believe in this product, and." Shame on you for coming up and saying like, well, what you got to give me a better deal on this. You 
didn't even know you, in China, you didn't even know that we existed until you walked up to my booth and now you're trying to shortchange us like two ways you can take a look take a hike or let me tell you why why it's worth what it's worth 50 bucks are you kidding me like let's let's talk yeah. Go to town, right? And that doesn't have to be just BA Shields. That just doesn't have to be, you know, the the trinket or the coffee mug or, you know, selling a, not a website, but, you know, doing like what you do, doing right? Lawn but, yeah. but you're saying you're going to go spend 50 bucks on drinks tonight with your guys, or you're going to spend 50 bucks on a bag of coffee or 50 bucks on a, a leather a strap. $1,000 for a leather helmet. Like a box of ammo nowadays. Right. Thousand yeah. dollars, right? Yeah, a- I mean, we're firemen. We know what guys will spend money on. What they want to spend money on, show the worth. Show the worth. That's it. But and I think that's where where niches like yours come in, right? Well, that no, that, and you're worth every penny. That stuff we're talking about. That's that's the evidence of two plus years of all the messaging being focused on the happy customer. Well, you had mentioned All earlier the goals are focused on the happy customer. Yeah, and you had mentioned earlier something about being involved in you know, in, you know, invested in what your clients are invested in. Have you ever gotten too close? Has that ever been a problem where you're like, like I really want this company to succeed, and maybe they have a different direction than what you thought it should be taken in, and there was like a conflict of. Um, I did have one client that the person that hired me very much believed in the dream the whole thing Mm -hmm. and then there was a dramatic shift in who controlled the company and it that kind of fell by the wayside and that's you know the part of the idea of of being invested in that company and and understanding this that's again i'm 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 buying into your dream too and if you suddenly wake up tomorrow and you're like oh man you know if you know if we uh if, if we go with the cheaper thing over here it'll save us this much amount of money across the board um, yeah, sure. These might things might break more often, but it'll save us. It'll, you know, we'll make more money over here. We can improve improve, improve our margins. Um, I'm like, well, okay. So who the fuck are you, man? Did we want to help the customer, or are you really just trying to wring as many pennies out of them as you can? Oh, totally. I mean, and it's funny because uh, we spend a lot of time and a lot of money sourcing stuff inside the United States and making it ourselves. We could go to China and get this made for dollar a piece and still charge the same amount that we're charging right now and hopefully that you don't know what the quality control is going to be but Correct. if it's it, even if it's similar to what we're poking or putting out today like we could be making a thousand percent or yeah i don't even 10 know times that whatever the numbers would be significant for sure it would be insane and we could order in bulk we wouldn't have to manufacture anything we wouldn't have to Andy and I wouldn't be in the shop cut down on our labor manufacturing costs, yeah. the labor costs and all that stuff. But in the end, like, is that, that's, that's not what we're about. That's when I think from a marketing supporting. standpoint, if you're that invested in the business and you want to be that invested in the business, it'd be really hard if, you know, the, the upper level decided to take a shift in, in how they were going to operate. I tell you what though, like to me, that's being one of the guys that, puts in the time and the effort to make this what it is as far as a finished product. When, to me, when you say that to a customer where you say, look, we make all of these by hand. You do marketing and websites by hand. You don't subcontract that to somebody mm-hmm. else. That is your time and effort and energy and blood and sweat and tears that you put into 
your final product just as we do with ours. Mm -hmm. And I fucking own that when you talk to somebody at the booth where you're like, look, all everything you see here, we made. You see these hands? We made these. Those hands made those, right? This isn't something that we came up with this great idea and it's the most bang for our buck. And we went the cheapest route possible. Like, I make these. And I I fucking believe in this product, just like you believe in the product that you provide Mm -hmm. for us and your other customers. Yeah, you're not copy-pasting stuff. And it's not not the exact same copy for every single one of your clients. Like, it's unique to each one. And to me, like, if you you show that side of your, your, like, humanity and who you are to, like, a potential customer, you say, I did work for this for you. Oh, okay. Like you own it. Yep. And I love that. I've written, uh, I've written pieces. Oh my God. Many times over wrote the whole thing, deleted the whole thing, start over, wrote the whole thing, deleted the whole thing, start <laughs> yeah. over. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I've done that. Um, we had, the, we had the talk with Andy and James with accent threads in a previous podcast. And during that podcast, we referred to it as a cost of paying tuition, right? Mm-hmm. For us, for them, it's it's the cost of the materials, right? You screw up Failures, a press, yeah. you screw up a press, you throw the material away, you're out the material. It is what it is. Yeah, maybe a little bit of time for you. It's it's literally like number one. It's the it's the time. Obviously, you had to write an entire piece, and now you just push the delete button and Brain scrap cells. it. And it goes in the garbage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How many whiskeys you had to drink to get there, and. The other part of it is, yeah, that that mental toll that it takes on you to, but you're learning every single time you do it, right? Like mm-hmm. you're you're growing. You're like, ah, oh, that piece didn't sound right. What can I do to change it, or how can I make it? That's not really the point that I wanted to to, to iterate. Like I'd really like to rephrase it, maybe to get my point across with less words or like more concise or clear, right? Like, is that it, a lot of it is? Yes, it, it needs to be clear, it needs to be more concise, but sometimes it's just how it feels. That's and fair. it's it, that's that's one of those things that's really tough to quantify um, because for the most part, if I'm just going to write something for you and it's like, okay, you want me to say X, Y, and Z, and, like, oh, and I write it and it says X, Y, and Z, and you're like, all right, this is great. But I'm like, no, it's not, it's not, I'm not capturing the, I'm not capturing the feeling that I'm looking for Um I, I'm, I, I don't I don't want to just send you something and be like all right man this is what I wrote yeah this is, this is yours man this is your I, I just I can't because it doesn't it doesn't fit sure and it doesn't work so I have a whole bunch of different things that I'll do to like break something loose mm-hmm. like you know a digital whiteboard like giant scribbles <laughs> all over this fucking sure, thing sure or I have a bunch of friends where like I'll pick up the phone and I'm like, bro, you got an hour? And they're like, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm gonna sell you this. Yeah. And I'll I'll I will just I'll hit record on my um on my recorder and I will sell them something over and over and over and over again until all of a sudden I'm like, that's it right there. Yeah. And then that's when that's that's when the the, the piece starts to come together and it starts to make sense and it coalesces and then people read it especially the cool things with emails is you get the responses back i've gotten responses back that were like people were like dude I'm, like i'm i got fucking tears in my eyes and they're like what the hell is this um or you know like the ones that crack me up is i people that i know will receive emails from one of my clients and they're like 
This is like fucking magic. I can't stop reading this <laughs> shit. It's, it's like, true. I don't well, understand what you're doing. And you get the luxury. <laughs> you get the luxury of knowing its measurable response. Yes. Right. So you send out an email, and you get, but you can see how many people delete it right away. How many people open it, read the first line, and then delete it, or see how many people read through the whole freaking thing and don't delete it. Or delete it after they've read the whole thing. Like, that is measurable. So you can then analyze everything that you've done and know where you lost someone Man, or know where. Them. Like, it's so measurable. That's awesome because it's data that you can totally extrapolate from that and and know where you need to fix or change or hook someone. We're literally going to have to have, yeah, yeah. I think we're going to have to have, a, we're going to have to have you back on the podcast. We're going to have to do another episode on like the, the marketing tracking that is actually available yeah. and what people Ooh. don't understand or, you know, maybe oh, yeah. you, when you explain like the pixel to me and you explain like how people track and the mark, like what you just said, Cody, like the, the measurable did you data know did you from- know that when you open an email this is what happens um on the backside and analytics analytics are being taken from it and what you as a business owner can use those analytics for yeah. um i think we're gonna have to have a whole separate pod because i think we could go an hour that, into that one it's a different uh, rabbit hole but that's a totally yeah. different rabbit yeah, hole definitely. so a lot more um, than an hour look forward to that one i uh, will definitely do that um, i mean if you if, if you want to set up you know we can set up a few um, with like a topic of conversation and just hit actionable steps for people. I think that's good. like, Hey, you know, Joe Blow business owner, let's talk email. Yeah. Hey, you need this, this, and this check this, this, and this, you know, mm-hmm. many businesses that like big brands, their shit goes to spam. Oh yeah. And I look at it and I'm like, yeah, you're, you, you know, your SPF authentication is garbage. That's why it's going to spam. Like <laughs> nobody, See? Is, See? nobody's See? reading right. any of See? this stuff. We're, like, we're gonna have to have we'll have to have a we'll we'll do a separate breakout because I think yeah. there's just so much content there it's, with everything being ecom driven or website driven or social media driven. I don't think you can operate a functional store whether it's ecom or brick and mortar without a an online component anymore. I don't think you can do it. I, I literally oh, don't think brutal. you can do it. Yeah, I don't think you, you can do it without being hosted on Google or Google Maps or you know, Google ads or Instagram or anything. Literally guys, anything you do now is based. There is some web-based component. Even if you, you owned, if you wanted to get out of it and you're like, I'm going to own a restaurant, you're still going to be featured on like Google maps. You're still going to want to improve your SEO. Your your menu say restaurants near me. Yeah. Your menu is, you're going to still want your menu on, on these, these, you know, Google, Google hosting sites, you're going to want reviews on Yelp. People look at this shit. And if you're not in it, I mean, your, your business truly does suffer. So I think there's, there's significant uh, components to this that we'll touch on for sure. So to kind of put that in a big old package, we can go back to that conversation that you and I had when the first time we talked and we were on the phone for a while. And at some point I was telling you some of this stuff and you were just, you were fucking smoked. Oh my, yeah. You were just fucking, you were just fucking smoked. And I, at some overload. Point, at some point, I told you, I said, Pat, listen, I'm going to sell you fucking air. <laughs> you, I'm going to sell. I am going to sell you air. Yep. But I need you to understand that I am like I am all about the air. Like that's I live, sleep, eat, breathe. That this is all I focus on. Mm-hmm. Right. 
you got about a million other things you got to be worrying about. Just give me a chance to, to show you just some of the little small, the small pieces about the air. Yep. Just need you to trust me a little bit on that one. And I think that's where I said, show me where to sign. Yeah. I'm like, I, you're, you're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the like, head. I do like, have a thousand other things that I'd rather worry about than. Cause I, cause I told you, I was like, listen, dude, you're, you're talking about your, your, you want me to tell you what I can do while well, I'm telling you like, it's like a really, really skilled contractor. Like, oh, well, how do you build a house? Well, how much fucking time do you have? Like, do you want me to tell you yeah. how I? Yeah, yeah. You want me right. to tell you how I do the the whole thing, or do you want me to tell you how I put the trim up? Like, right. it's right. Yep. At the end of the day, you're gonna walk into a house you're gonna love. Yep. And that's what I do. That's it. So, true. In the grand scheme of things, all the other, you know, everybody else who's got a business, their business is to work on a product. My business, my product, is to help you guys with that stuff. Is to be the guy that focuses on all the little stuff. Yep. So that at one day the fucking house appears and you open the door and you're like, my God, I fucking love this place. There <laughs> my is. God. 100%. That's yeah. it, man. That's it. It's been that so far. Cody, you got a, a final question for us here? Final question. You've been taunting You're ready, you're ready for this. Well, we, We've been, been taunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been taunting me with this. We always all have right. a final what question. You got? Final question. Random. You're a new addition to the crayon box. What color would you be <laughs> and why? Oh my god! Ooh, oh, red shit. because anger. Yeah. Any color you yeah, want. That is a good what one. Would you name it. And you know what? I'm a storyteller. Yeah. Oh shit! Here we go. So <laughs> buckle you guys, up, fellas you guys got and ladies. Minutes? Yeah, man. <laughs> Listen, this is what you get for asking a marketer a fucking story question. All right, let's go. Right. So, uh, my first car that I ever owned was a 1996 Mustang GT. All right. And it was. There is a paint scheme out there called monochrome, right? Now this wasn't that it, but it was like a it was like a deep forest green. But depending on which direction you looked at that car, it was either a purple or it was a green or it was almost okay. black. Yeah. Right? I would be that color. <laughs> because it's Is it monochrome? Yeah, we can call it that. Whatever we can call it. Whatever yeah. the fuck you want to call it. Uh, uh, right, right, right. We'll but it's call it monochrome. The the value of it is it's whatever the it's whatever the color you need it to be when it shows up. Adaptable. So when you look at it, you're like, that's a fucking stay. Like that's a fucking sexy green. Fuck or you yeah. look at it in like a nice, nice that's sunset. That's probably the deepest oh, answer I've ever shit. heard. Yeah. All right. Damn. Like all right. All right. I'll give you that one. That's this is what you wanted. Yep. <laughs> that is probably that hey, is probably you fucking the most, crushed it. This is what you asked even for. Inc- he even included a story with it. Damn. So. <laughs> All right, so if uh, people wanted to seek out your services, where'd they go? Uh, FirstRespondermarketing.com. FirstRespondermarketing.com. Or just literally hit the BA Shields guys up. There you go. Yeah, we'll we'll get you in touch. It is a a small world. It is a small world. That being said, uh, we will catch you guys on the next podcast. Thanks, James, for, uh, well, you don't really have a choice. You're kind of here. But thanks for being here with us. We appreciate it. Uh, We appreciate you coming out to FDIC. Um, And uh, yeah, we look forward to having some more talks with you. So, absolutely. Until then, be safe. See you.